Is this the reading room? Yes, I'm Saad Manzul. And I'm Travis Howard. This is Reading Room Talk. Thank you for pressing play. Yes, welcome, everyone. Yes, we appreciate you guys being here with us today. We are here with Radiology Royalty. Absolutely. We have Dr. Tina Young Hassan here with us. How are you today? Very well, very well. I'm, I'm enjoying a very relaxing Sunday afternoon. It's snowing here in Boston, where I live. And um, <laughs> I'm hoping that this is the last snowfall. I'm ready yes. for the weather to be uh, more spring-like and maybe even summery. But exactly. We got teased a little bit. Yeah, we got <laughs> a little bit and now it's snowing again. So. Yeah, been no shortage of snow, man. Been yeah. a lot of snow this year. <laughs> Lots of snow in our area. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's really really it reminds me of my childhood um, where um, I grew up in Rochester, New York, and it snowed there a lot. It yes. There so much. Yes. That's like Canada, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So take us yeah. back to uh, medical school. Um, what would you say was your toughest class or rotation in medical school? Well, I went to Yale Medical School, and I'd say mm-hmm. my toughest rotation was probably surgery. Um, I think mm-hmm. surgery just because of the early hours mm-hmm. um, and sort of the long hours as well, um, you know, staying very late until the night with rounding and things of that nature. Um, but despite that, um, it, when I first went to medical school, I even somewhat considered that I might want to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Any particular type of surgery or general surgery? No, no. I just thought maybe I might be interested in surgery because it was a really... Um, you know, there was a problem, you you focused on it, you've operated, and then you cared for the patient. Um, and it seems like it was somewhat precise, but... Um, exactly. Yeah. It is. It is. It seems precise from the outside, but it's important to have that experience when you go through the actual rotations and see right. the uh, actual hours and the actual, you know, what you're actually doing. I think sometimes, like, when you're on the rotation, sometimes you're not in the OR as much as because exactly. you know, there's a lot, a lot has to happen for someone to have surgery. And a lot yeah. of that comes down to the uh, residents and medical students taking care of those things. So, yeah, wow. I also considered other things. I also, it, I considered internal medicine. When I was okay. in college, I had done um, some, I really loved endocrinology. And at the time I thought, oh, when I go to medical school, I want to be an internist. I want to be an endocrinologist. And, oh, wow. and um, then, you know, as, as I went through the rotations, I found there were many other areas that I was interested in pursuing. And it was really after in my third year, when I did an elective in radiology, that I thought I would be interested in radiology because it sort of cut across all the different specialties in radiology. Yeah. And it required, you know, some knowledge of all those different um, specialties, um, exactly. as well as it had such a marked, you know, technological component. Uh, with new, um, you know, new discoveries. Um, yeah, in terms of technology is always changing. Absolutely. MRI. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So, so take us back to where you were born. Well, I was born and grew up in Rochester, New York. Um, yes. Yes, I was there um, through high school. Um, had some slight detours along the way. I was born and then um, moved to Cincinnati Mm-hmm. Um, for like a couple of years when I was around, uh, let's say five. And then um, we moved back uh, to Rochester. Oh, we went to, let's see. First, we went to New Hampshire, actually, from Rochester, then to Cincinnati, 
and then back to Rochester. <laughs> so, so we, we didn't know the back to Rochester part, but we did read about your father in the, or we talked about your father in the past couple of episodes, Dr. Uh, Lionel Young. So he was the first uh, African-American radiology resident at Rochester. And um, did he have any influence on you as far as going into medicine or was it kind of kind of let you do your own thing on the way? Um, well, I'd say that um, he always, his passion for what he was doing in radiology, I always remember that. And so I think that affected me in terms of a career choice, um, mm-hmm. just finding the importance of finding something that you really had a passion for. I, I remember that he was excited about that air, that field. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I think from his example, not so much the specialty, but the fact that um, one could focus on something, and if you had a niche or a passion, um, it would be easier, easy to try to accomplish in that particular domain. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, and what was the other question? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, as far as, you know, like, did he have an influence, you know, as you answered the question, as far as, uh, you know, if he had any influence in you going to radiology particularly, but it sounds like just his, he just liked what he did. And then that made you appreciate liking what you do. Exactly. I, I realized that it was really important, you know, to try to, like I said, find a focus, find a, something you were passionate about. And then it makes it really easier, easier to accomplish um, when you know, when you can try to figure out that passion. Um, yes. So, and something, you know, about following your curiosity is so important. Absolutely. So, yes. in, in whatever you, whatever career you have, but in particularly in medicine. So, um, yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. Was there any reason in particular why you chose to bypass surgery? Can you pinpoint it to maybe a couple of things or? Oh, not really. I think it was just, I just liked that rotation. Um, but when I went to other rotations, I liked those too. So I think, oh, okay. I think it oh. wasn't that, that I was really focused on surgery. I think that it was, I, I liked surgery when I was sort of doing it just because it was very focused um, and um, seems like you had a problem, you know, the patient gets the operation and then, you know, you care for the patient after that. Um, wow. But, but I think that, um, I think that really it was after I did the selective that, um, that I, in radiology that I decided that would be something I was interested in pursuing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Radiology has that effect. I mean, sometimes you have to do other rotations in order to appreciate radiology because mm-hmm. you don't really understand. Like, you know, like when you're on one rotation and going to see the radiologist, I guess you don't see the perspective of the radiologist where everyone's coming to them and asking them particular questions about their scans, about their patients. So sometimes it's important to have that perspective as well. So it is. Wow. And yeah. also they're looking for answers from the radiologist and, you know, using the technology we have available you know, it's it's really so integrated into medical care mm-hmm. um, is, that the radiologist has a really important role Absolutely. in terms of interfacing with the patients as well as with other clinicians. So I think that intellectual part of it, of inter- interchange, interchange with other clinicians is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, let me ask you, uh, so you so you went to high school in Rochester or did you go to high school somewhere else? No, I went to high school in uh, Rochester, New York, and uh, then um, after high school, well, I went to high school for three years there, and then um, my family moved actually to Pittsburgh, um, Mm -hmm. and I was at the end of my junior year, 
and that was a really hard time to move. But um, absolutely, you're like in the middle of high school. That's yeah. Tough. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. But my principal <laughs> said that you know told my parents that you know I was going to be taking a advanced placement courses and said well she probably could go you know to college um, earlier um, so but my parents really didn't want me to go to college because I was really young at age, age 16 so I oh, actually wow. went I went to um, a small uh, college for a year um, in Pittsburgh called Carlo College and then Carlo. Was, okay yeah. okay and then yeah. while I was there I I knew I was going to transfer so I transferred um, and applied for various schools to transfer. And mm -hmm. the school I chose was Mount Holyoke College, which is in um, South Hadley, Massachusetts. Yes, yes. So can you tell us about like what other schools you were considering and why you chose Mount Holyoke? Um, well, I didn't apply to that many schools. I think I applied to Brown. I think I applied to some local schools in Pittsburgh. I applied to Mount Holyoke. Um, and it was really between Mount Holyoke and Brown. I think um, when I made my decision um, and um, so the way I made the decision was um, I really thought there was a great focus that Mount Holyoke College had on women and women accomplishing, um, you know, science. Um, mm -hmm. And there was no, you know, there was no issue about girls in science or young mm -hmm. women going into science. So I felt when I went there that I was really supported and I majored in mathematics and biology. Oh, okay. wow. And, um, <laughs> and so I, I always like the STEM, um, the STEM areas. of Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Well, that's one thing that we've been pointing out. And one thing that we see amongst the folks that we talk to is choosing a place where you feel supported. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, you're unique. You bring a unique set of skills and background. Um, but knowing, getting a sense that, hey, when I come here, when I, when I give it my all, I'm going to be supported. I think that, you know, that speaks volumes. I think that's what you want to look for when you're choosing an, a, a school, a program, anything, that next step. Yes, exactly. and to seek, out, to seek out people that can provide support, meaning to try to seek out mentors and sponsors who can really help you in terms of your career path and give mm -hmm. you advice. And sometimes some people feel like, well, someone's going to come up to you sort of tap you on the shoulder and say, I want to be your mentor. Or I'm going to no. be your sponsor. No, it doesn't work that way. I think that you really have to pursue, make sure that you pursue and are not afraid to actually ask people questions along your path, along your journey, um, because people will be willing to answer. And amongst those people you talk to, you may find that there will be people who can serve as you know, mentors, you know, sponsors or coaches who can give you valuable uh, information that will be, um, that will help influence what you pursue or, or will answer some of the questions that you have. So Absolutely. True. Yeah. Those questions. Yeah. Now, now, were there, was there anyone particular at Mount Holyoke that kind of encouraged you or became your mentor or? Oh, uh, yes. There was a woman who I did um, an honors thesis with when I was there. Her name was Dr. Uh, Marilyn Pryor. She was in the biology Friar. department, okay. and I mm -hmm. did um, I did my thesis honors thesis with her in biology. It was an animal based uh, uh, project, but she was always very encouraging. And in particular, uh, the way I decided I was going interested in medicine was I did 
they had a, um, the opportunity um, to do career exploration projects. So one year I, I did a career exploration project with a pathologist um, who was oh, interesting. Okay. And um, then another year I did a, uh, a career exploration project for one month with a pediatrician. So that's so cool. Yeah, it was really sort of, you know, interesting to start off in pathology because I was really um, <laughs> able to actually to interface into all aspects of pathology from laboratory work to, mm -hmm. you know, frozen section to, you know, um, you know, autopsy to a variety yeah. of things like that. So oh, that's a little awesome. bit, it was, it was a really good exposure, broad exposure. Um, and I thought it was, you know, really a great way to use some of my interest in science and biology, um, you know, to help people and to serve. Yeah, um, so it was really after that I went to Mount Holyoke, and then I decided, well, I'm gonna. I went, I'm interested in medical school, so mm -hmm. I applied to medical school, and I um, ended up going to uh, being chosen to go to Yale Medical School. And, yes, um, major accomplishment. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it was really uh, a wonderful experience. Um, I had a lot of, um, you know, good classmates, excellent classmates, and really, you know, superb professors. And I really felt like um, it was a great place for me to, to go. Um, it was there that I did, um, as I mentioned, at the end of my third year, I did a, a, a elective at the University of California in San Francisco in radiology. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. At the okay. time there, they had a person who was running a very comprehensive elective. And I had some fam family members on my mother's side who, um, who lived in California. San Francisco, right outside of it. So I lived mm -hmm. with them for the summer and I went, um, took the train and the, the bar to go over to UCSF and take. Oh, that's a nice know. summer. Yes. <laughs> it was good. It was a little cold in San Francisco, a little cold yeah. in terms <laughs> of the temperature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so nice. That's that's great. So, like at, at Yale, um, well, actually, can, can we go back to uh, Mount Holyoke? So, Mount Holyoke, I think, is an all women institution. Is that correct? Yes, it's an all women's college. Okay, now would you, now how was like would you recommend that for people? Do you feel like that was great for you, or do you feel like you know? Well, you... I think there are many schools that one can attend. So mm -hmm. there's really, I, I think that you know it's important to go to a school where you're going to have an encouraging environment mm -hmm. and where you think that you can can thrive and succeed. Mm -hmm. It's hard to determine what that is when you first just go for an interview. You really right. kind of don't. No, but you should talk with people, you know, in terms of choosing your college that are mm -hmm. at the college, other students, see mm -hmm. how they like it, find out what the environment's like, find out if it seems like an environment that will be good for you. Um, and then also where it's located, you might want to look into that. Yes. I think that having gone there, I understand that, you know, that it was very encouraging for, for women in STEM. And mm -hmm. I never felt like I was discouraged there in terms of pursuing STEM. Um, or anything like that. But I think that, you know, in, in 2022, there's many good colleges um, that one can choose. And uh, absolutely, for me, absolutely. it worked out well, but um, there are many. But the, the common themes are making sure that it seems like an environment that you would get a, a good education, a well-rounded education, because this is a, one opportunity where you're you're probably never going to have that opportunity again. Um, yes. Really get exposed to a variety of different topics mm -hmm. and to actually, you know, really try to learn as much as you can. 
And while you're there, of course, you have to choose a major and identify what you're interested in. But to choose something you have a curiosity and passion for, um, absolutely, will be, it'll make it easier um, for you to actually want to do the work. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a you, lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember some of the pearls your dad was giving you, Dr. Young, at the time? Oh, he was giving me pearls of, you know, study hard. Uh-huh. Uh, he gave me pearls of, you know, of, of being excellent, trying to, to really focus on excellence. Mm. Um, you know, Charles Drew had that wonderful um, quote, which says, excellence in performance will transcend artificial barriers carried by men. And I feel that, yes. you know, my, that that was exemplified by my father's life. He really did mm -hmm. focus on excellence and doing, you know, the, his work well. And he, he, those values, both of my parents really stressed those in terms of, you know, being able to learn as much as you can and to use that to, you know, to serve, to serve mm -hmm. um, whatever capacity that you choose. Uh, in medicine, we're obviously cho choosing to serve and care for our patients and families. Um, and, you know, especially at a time when they're uh, vulnerable, whether they're sick or keeping them well in terms of preserving health and preventative care, et cetera. So I think that those were the kind of pearls. And so I, I did feel that I, for my, for my own academic success, that it was really mm -hmm. important for me to try to really focus on, you know, excellence. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I was going to say, I feel like, and your mom was also in uh, medicine as well. My mother is a retired uh, podiatrist. Um, yeah, so, you, so you had that example of someone, like a woman in STEM, which was your mom right there as well. Yes, was... yes. And she had, you know, many more obstacles than I did, particularly mm -hmm. when she went to podiatry school. Um, she sure. tells yeah. me that when she was in podiatry school, you know, she, it was well known. She was there, I think in her class, they started off with three women. Of course, she was the only um, African-American in her class. Wow. And mm -hmm. several uh, of the women dropped out for a variety of reasons. And her classmates would often tell her that, you know, we're not going to study. We're not going to study because we know Dr. So-and-so is going to call on you. And she said that it really, <laughs> oh, she, she, it really, really for she had to make sure she was prepared because indeed every time this particular doctor mm. oh my god often wow on her um but mm. at the end it worked out because um she you know was able to really do well um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was a kind of a burden i think and it was clearly um yeah greater stress so. Absolutely. Now, now, do you remember like approximately what year she probably finished podiatry school? Because I'm assuming this is um, this might have been in '56, perhaps. Wow, 1956. That's amazing. Uh, that's that's amazing. Wow. Overcoming that's, uh, obstacles. Oh my god. Absolutely. Gosh. Yeah. 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 And um, that's uh, now, now well, tell us now. So you were at Yale. Like, how many African Americans were in your medical school class at the time? I think there were maybe ten out of a total of a hundred. There were okay. three African-American women um, mm -hmm. and I think 10 to 12 um, gotcha. in total. Yeah. I see. And are you still in contact with any of the African-American women that you went to medical school with? Yes, I am in contact with um, them. I'm very much in contact with one of them, mm -hmm. um, uh, Dr. Valerie Stone, who lives here in Boston. Yes. And Dr. Deborah Arendell, she, um, she's in industry. I think she lives in California now. 
and mm-hmm. I've seen her on occasion at meetings. So okay, yeah, oh, that's so nice. Wow, yeah, wow. it was really nice. It was a really nice experience. But I would also say that you know, on occasion there were there were stresses, um, just I'm because sure. we had you know three African American women, and I can say that this has occurred you know throughout my career. But you mm-hmm. know, even though we look totally different. Many times we were mistaken for each other. and <laughs> I've experienced that. I know how you feel. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. It's sort of it's, like a, it's a microaggression. And it, it is. It's, it it's, is. It's sort of. Time for that back in the day. It was just no. something that happened. Yeah. You know, like, and you really couldn't tell anybody and other than the other people. Yeah, exactly. So right. it's, it's important that like you, you went through that. That actually happened to you. And I'm sure happened to your mother as well and you know i'm sure it happened to your father so it's uh it's a common theme right definitely a common theme and but but we can't let people that can't hold you back hopefully no it doesn't hold you back it's just it's just um other ethnic groups also have sometimes these problems where exactly um, i think the reason that it it matters is that you know that kind of thing makes you feel invisible Mm -hmm. and that leads to marginalization and can undermine your confidence Exactly. So I think that the microaggressions that occur, they do occur, they, they shouldn't deter you. But mm-hmm. people should be aware, they should be aware that they have effects. Absolutely. Because like when I was going to say, when you're in medical school, I mean, sometimes all you have is your confidence. Like you need that. Like oh, you, you need that confidence. That. Like yeah. if you don't have your confidence with the amount of work and the burden that's uh, put on you, like if you don't have your confidence, then you know, it's, it's tough to, tough to move forward. Right. But I think ultimately what we have to do is really, really trust ourselves. You have to really Mm -hmm. trust yourself, trust Mm -hmm. your intuition. And, uh, and and of course, beyond all that really persist, Mm -hmm. persist Mm -hmm. and continue um, Mm -hmm. because it's very important, you know, that we have people that continue on this journey to, to come into medicine. We need them. um, Mm -hmm. And we, we know that, um, it's very important for care. For care, we know that uh, mm-hmm. people, underrepresented minorities, for example, really um, give better, give not better care, but they improve. They make the the outcomes. The, the outcomes better. They improve access and quality of care. So it's exactly. that we really have a diverse and culturally responsive pool of doctors that can really w- collaborate with other healthcare professionals to achieve the same. Exactly. I love that. I love That's that. exactly right. Wow. Yeah. So you have this legacy of excellence. You're, you're, you know, you, I, I can hear and sense that you weren't going to quit. You weren't going to stop. How did you deal with that pressure? How did you, how did you keep up with that, with that legacy? Um, well, the pressure of having to succeed. Yeah. And, ex- and not just succeeding and, and passing. I get the sense that that wasn't good enough. You know, you had you had to do better than that. Mm-hmm. You had to, you had to be excellent. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how did you achieve it? How did you how did you keep up? Yeah. Tell us about your mindset. Yes. When with all these things. Yes. Well, I think that it was so important. I knew that it was important to be excellent. And why did I feel that? Um, because I tried to maintain a focus. Um, you know, try to maintain a focus of what the ultimate aim was, which was to try to be the best doctor that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to keep that focus. Truly, it is certainly it's a pressure, but um, there was really no other option um, than to try to do the best I could. And that's because I carry the legacy of so many that came before uh, 
before that, you know, from Rebecca Crumpler, the first African-American physician till now, um, these people came and had terrible hurdles and obstacles they had to overcome. So I felt like I, I, I stood on the shoulders of, of giants, as Isaac Newton said, and I thought that it was important to actually really, you know, try to do my best. So, yes. yeah, so certainly, you know, it requires, um, you know, perseverance. It requires, you know, um, making sure that you, you know, uh, are focused. As I said, it's important that you develop a niche. And it's also that important that you um, get help from people if you have difficulties along the way as well. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think that um, it's important to, to try to, to try to muster up whatever courage you can to succeed, but also in in doing that along the way, it's very important to really make sure you take care of yourself in the process. Absolutely, Absolutely. so, so important. Knowing that history, knowing the ancestors and their paths, and being able to to gather strength from that, you know that that's so important. I think, and, and a lot of the history gets lost. So mm -hmm. I'm just I'm I'm really happy with the way you just laid that out there, Dr. We have to do that. Yeah, no, I think it's really important that, um, you know, along the way, you know, it's going to be a difficult, it could be tic, tic, uh, diff difficult, but it's just important to keep trying and to keep moving forward. Yeah, um, yes. And if you try and, and it doesn't work out, you try, you, you just have to try, try again. That's it. Um, mm -hmm. And I often use the, the importance of, you know, resiliency and the importance of, recognizing, acknowledging that the train um, certainly of accomplishment can be very challenging, mm -hmm. but knowing that um, the hope of knowing that one door can close, another one can open, and along the way, this is why it's important to reach out to whatever resources you have um, for support and help. Um, exactly, and, um, exactly. I think that's really important as well. So I think a lot of times people might feel that they have to be stoic in these pursuits and I think that that's, you know, if you have other classmates that you work with uh, in your class when you're in high school that are like-minded in terms of, you know, doing well to, enough to go to college, if you make friends with people who have your similar goals and ideals, this can help. You can help each other. And it's important to share and to help mm -hmm. each other along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do that, you can find that there are additional resources, not only in the support of those individuals, but perhaps you'll find that there are other supports that are exist within your institution, um, within your so true, so true, in your hospital. So let me ask you. So this, I mean, that's that's absolutely right. So I'm sure that that was kind of your mindset when you were applying for radiology residency, and how did you choose to uh, go to MGH? Um, well, I applied to a variety of places. It's hard to remember all the places I applied. As you know, when you're applying for, for, for to go to a place, <laughs> you apply to many, many places. Exactly. Um, but I felt that it was an opportunity. Um, they had an excellent um, Department of Radiology, and mm -hmm. I thought that um, that would give me, you know, very excellent training. Um, mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up um going there for my, my, my radiology residency. And then I stayed there uh, to do my neuroradiology fellowship. Mm -hmm. And then I was on the faculty there for about um, 
for about three or four years, but I had an interest in pediatric neuroradiology. So mm -hmm. I actually then um, was recruited to go to Boston Children's, which is just wow. across the way. Yeah. So well, we're not going to let it uh, slip that you were the first African-American woman to go through the radiology residency at MGH and also the first African-American woman to be appointed full professor at Harvard Medical School. So those are major, major accomplishments. Did you know that you'd be making history as you were going along or was this just something you just kind of happened along your way as you kind of had like tunnel vision going through? Um, well, in terms of, first of all, I wasn't the first African-American woman at Harvard Medical School. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't, there was someone before me who was a psychiatrist mm -hmm. um, who's no, no longer with us, but um, there were some that came before, but there are very few, I would say. Um, yes. Well, I was saying for radiology particularly, though. Oh, for radiology. Yeah, for radiology. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's actually right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in radiology, so, that is true. That is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was one of, I was the first African-American woman resident radiology. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then I'm sure I was the first African-American um, woman neuroradiology fellow. There was another African-American man um, mm -hmm. who was ahead of me um, and that, um, and then, um, then I was the first African American um, neuroradiologist or radiologist on wow. faculty there. Wow, that's amazing! At, and at the, um, time you, at the time, you really don't think about that so much, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but no. you do. You do think about it because you're aware, because you're one of very few. Yes, um, and so you are aware of that. Um, yeah. And but um, but you also feel that you're obligated to make sure you do the best you can. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you're absolutely a trailblazer, I think, for people I, that are coming along, you know, like they yeah. need to know that like you you did this thing, like you actually did it. So yeah. you paved the way for me. I yes. was I was after <laughs> years that's later right. as a fellow at MGA. Oh, that's so. wonderful. Exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> different different of specialty, but I'm telling you, it's like yeah. Someone you know, needs to open the door. Yeah, absolutely. someone needs to open the door. And yeah. um, that's, 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 that's so important that you're able to open the door for all of us. So Yeah, well, you know, that was really, you know, an opportunity. But also, you know, um, I am grateful, you know, for the opportunity. And obviously, um, you know, I believe that it was probably in my destiny. Um, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, and I, 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 I'm, I have faith that that was the case. Yeah. And faith is important, too, because like a lot of times you will be kind of questioning whether you can do oh, something yeah. or whether you feel like this is meant for you. But, you know, just having that that faith is. is no, it's really important. Well. And it just depends on what your mm -hmm. what your belief system is. But I did think I always felt there was some sort of divine plan for my life. And so I, I actually don't didn't I'm not always aware of what the we I've not always been aware of what that plan is. Mm -hmm. I do believe, I do believe that there is that plan. And I think there's probably a plan for people who, you know, if, if someone believes that there's probably a plan for their lives as well. Absolutely. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's so true now. Um, so, so since you went through all of this now, what would you tell someone who's in medical school or in undergrad right now having a difficult time? Well, I would say that, as I said, um, it's important to reach out. If you're having a difficult time, it's important to reach out. And I really do believe that it's important if whenever you're having difficulty to reach out and ask for help when you need it. 
So mm -hmm. first it might be, you know, uh, talking to others, you know, that your other classmates, but then it might be, you know, speaking to a professor or if there are, are, are uh, facilities that can support you on your campus, um, mm -hmm. then you should reach out and get the support you need. And that so support true. can be, you know, a variety of things. That support can be, you know, help academically. That support could be if you have, you know, issues or help that you need, that you need to speak to someone or go to a therapist or they have all kinds of, and it's, it's good to reach out and get help when you need it. Um, and mm -hmm. and I think that people can't do all these things alone. No. And uh, they have to really have realistic expectations that, that if there is something that you need help with to reach out. And I think that that's so important. It, yeah, it brings about community, which we all need. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing we're trying to do with this podcast, hopefully, is just kind of get these stories out there and make sure that we're available, you know, to help out in any way we can. And sometimes it's just talking, just talking about the stories and, you know, trying to normalize the journey for everybody. So, exactly. Because everyone yeah. has, you know, hurdles and obstacles along the way mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. discouragements uh, that can really can really affect your confidence. And exactly. so I think that it's uh, it's important for people to reach out, and and I think these kinds of podcasts are so important because not only do they, you know, shine the light on people that have gone ahead, but they've also um, let them know that there are people that are available to can talk about, you know, Absolutely. the good parts of their journey, the parts that were easy or or mm -hmm. not as hard, and the things that were harder. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's no, exactly right. And I think like in our community, like sometimes it just you just don't hear the, t the difficult stories of the people who made it. So we do want to make sure that, you know, like it's, it's all doable. It's all possible. So yes. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep, Keep going. We need, so. because we need, we have such a issue. We have such a need mm -hmm, for African Americans, mm -hmm. underrepresented minorities and women in medicine. Exactly. And exactly. It's really, really important. Okay. Um, and we still have a great both gender and it's improved considerably, but mm -hmm. there is both a, there's a way to go too. Yeah, uh, definitely still a way to go. So There's that makes sense. A way to go, both for underrepresented mm -hmm. minorities and for women. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But we really appreciate you uh, being here with us today. We really oh, appreciate you making the time. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh my yeah, goodness! No. Well, yeah. I really enjoyed talking with yeah. you, and and I hope that um, that people might be inspired to go into medicine. Absolutely. And in, in particular, to go into radiology, but we really need people going into medicine. Um, women and underrepresented minorities yes, exactly need, and there's so much work that needs to be done yes. exactly exactly so it's like, thank you so much radiology oh, royalty we're not thank worthy, we're not worthy. <laughs> bow down <laughs> yeah so thank you so much and thank you guys for listening and uh till next time stay okay. low and keep firing All right, man. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you thank you, thank you.